Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm your host, the Real Joe Quinn, on this 26th of August, 2021. This is episode 782. Wow, 782. We're getting close to 800 people. We'll hit 800 about eh, October. Yeah, we should hit 800 about mid to late October. Um, I am happy to be back with you. Took a little little mini break, mini summer break. Um, you know, need to recharge the old batteries. Not young as I used to be. Still young, but not quite as young as I used to be. Speaking of that, <laughs> I have the... I have an old man story. I, I don't listen. I don't know if it's an old man story as much as is, uh, much as as is a you know jazz and shape story. So at the gym, um, trying to obviously you know stay fit, trying to get back into the, the swing of things with regards to the gym. Had a little you know dead period for a couple of weeks, uh, and I definitely paid for it. So this is about. You know, went Monday, Tuesday. I uh, didn't go Wednesday. So let me let me pick things back up. Third third night, third day, uh, third day in uh, four nights. Okay, third appearance in four nights. Okay, so let me get in. You know, get in this chest and arm workout. I'm about an hour into it, feeling good. Uh listening to some music. What was I playing? I was listening to a variety of shit. I just had a bunch of, just, I was all over the place. Tyler, the creator, Aaliyah, Rolling Stones, really, you know, I had, you know, really had ADD as far as my music choices go in the, in the gym. So I'm nearing towards the end of the workout. Um, going to do a couple more sets before I hit, you know, my hit the stationary bike for like, for about 30 minutes. That's how I end, normally end all of my workouts. So I'm on the ab machine, and I'm on the ab machine that where you pull down where it has weights on it, and you it's a machine, um, it's a machine that works your abs uh, with weights. Don't have too much weight. Too much weight on it. That's not how. That's not the point of it. To have as much weight as possible. The point of it, the point of it is to work your abs, to work your core. So, go through the first set. Cool. Get in the middle of the second set, and shit went left <laughs> like real fast. I get you know get a cramp in my abs, in my abs, and at that point the, the workout's over. It's over. Like I, it's no more. I want to do a couple more sets with my chest, maybe another arm ex- uh, set with my arm. But it, no, no, didn't forget about the stationary bike. That was completely out and and went home. Like I like no, it was done. I was I was done. And getting the cramp is one thing. And we all uh, we've all had Charlie horses, but to get a cramp in your leg is one thing. To get a cramp in your thigh, back, arm, you get a cramp in your your abs. It, it's, it's a wrap. Like, it, like, I've literally gotten a, this had only happened a couple times in my life, but it, it shuts, shit shuts down, period. The workout shuts down. You, you feel like you're dying. You get a crab in your abs. And what it told me, you know, cramps come, 
through lack of hydration, hydration, which wasn't the case. I, I drank a lot of water a day. But, you know, it's hot outside, of course. We're in the midst of a little mini heat wave, especially down in the DMV. But, uh, listen, let's be honest. Getting a little older, and my core, I don't work out. I don't work my core. I do shoulders, do back, chest, legs. The core, you know, I, 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 I pay for it. I don't work my core. So, my core was like, really? You're going to? You know, my abs are like, okay, this is what you're going to do now. So I had an epiphany as far as, listen, you can work out. It's cool. I have a goal to work out at least four to five, maybe four, at least five times a week. Yeah, you got to change. I got to change my diet. Got to change my diet. It's just, it's just that simple. Got to change my diet. So uh, more vegetables, uh, less bread. And we'll see how it works out. But I, I it, it was, listen, it was scared straight. <laughs> when, you, when you have an ab, when your abs, when you, have a, when you pull an ab muscle, I, I'm not going to compare it to, a, you know, God forbid, a stroke or heart attack, but not a, good, not a good feeling whatsoever. So hopefully, I, you know, take care of yourself. Um, fitness is everything. And getting to a point in my life, in my life where, can't eat, you know, I used to be able to eat everything and it not matter. It's starting to matter. It's starting to matter. Like, it doesn't take me, it does not take me a long time or a lot to get a little mini gut. Put it to you that way. So, uh, you know, those days of eating whatever I want and not paying the price, those days are, those days are done. Done. So, there you go with my old man workout story. Um, we have a lot to do on this podcast. Again, away for a couple of weeks, but that didn't mean shit stopped. Is a, a number of things occurred in the world of sports and pop culture. Um, we're gonna begin with uh, if I can uh, pull up this. Oh, here we go. Um, we're gonna be in college football, of course. A few weeks back, the you had Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, moving to the SEC, and which happened in a couple of years, um, and moving out to Big Twelve, and we know that the SEC is going to be, which was already the mega conference and the premier conference in the country, uh, just got richer and just got stronger. So the rest of college football is basically on high alert in terms of trying to combat um, and compete with the SEC. So, yeah, the Big Ten, ACC, and Pac-12 forming this unofficial, non-contractual, as of yet, alliance. Now, again, logistics have not been worked out. This is, this is a clearly an armchair reactionary move to what the SEC did, what, what happened, what transpired with Oklahoma, Texas, and moving to the SEC. Now, we know what's coming down the pike. We know that it's going to get to a point where college football has about four super conferences or maybe even two super conferences. I mean, this like if this alliance comes through, goes through, I mean, you'll have what? What the like the Big Twelve? Like who will be left? You'll have the SEC super conference. I don't know what they'll call what they'll call these three conferences. Um if they um 
if they join if they, if they join forces. But we're headed towards a, a situation where you're going to have probably four mega conferences in college football, more playoff games. Um, the greed and uh, listen, money drives college football. Money drives money drives college sports, but especially in particular college football. So everything is going to be dictated by by the almighty dollar, and you know this move right here. I understand it, but the bottom line is, if to me, for this move to um, to make any sense, or for this move to you want to compete with the SEC, Notre Dame has to be all in uh, with one of these kind with the ACC. If, if this thing is going to uh, if they're going to have, if you have any chance of competing with the SEC right now, like Notre Dame is still, Notre Dame is still the most powerful, record, world recognizable brand in all of college football. They have their own, they have their own television network. Like they're on NBC every day. On they're, they're on a nationally televised team, uh, nationally televised every uh, every Saturday. In regards to Notre Dame football, so to me. Notre Dame football has to be all in in the ACC for this to uh, for these conferences to have any chance at competing with the SEC. You think about what the SEC is going to have? Talking about Alabama, LSU, Auburn, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A and M, Georgia. I mean, like think about that for a second. Like that, like yeah, you, you. There's no way. There's no way. Even combining all these, all these these three conferences, that you can compete with the SEC, SEC's version of a mega conference, super conference, without Notre Dame. Notre Dame is the key. You get Notre Dame, you have Clemson, Ohio State, Michigan. Now, now we're talking Penn State, USC. Oregon. Now you have something. If Florida State can never get back, then you know, who knows when that'll happen. Now it's a conversation. Without Notre Dame, it's absolutely not a conversation whatsoever. Also, um, you have the Big Twelve. You have um, the Pac-12 would not expand. Um, they decided not to expand. Um, and frankly, you know, they probably don't, you know, with, if, if this thing goes through, they won't, you know, frankly, won't need to expand. Um, there's basically, I shouldn't say any, nothing left in the Big 12, but, you know, the Big 12 without Texas and Oklahoma is just, is, is, is borderline non-existent. You, know, you still have some quality, some good teams, but, you know, those two teams are, were the pillars of that conference. Those two teams made that conference go on the field as well as off the field in regards to the money. So, again, college football, is headed in a new. We're headed towards a new era of college football, and it's going to happen sooner than later. But to me, this is I, I, the, the big thing about this alliance is it means to me nothing without Notre Dame being uh, committing to the ACC and allowing um, committing fully to the ACC and not being not doing their own thing independently, minus the conference. So we have two of the biggest, you know, biggest stars in, in all of hip hop, in all of, of in all of uh, music, 
going at it. And I, I want to say I, I'm fully, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all in with this, with this minute, with this, with this beef in regards to Kanye, Kanye, and Drake. I'm, I'm completely all in because what you have here is you have some good old fashioned pride in regards to the hip hop heavyweight championship belt. Right now, and let me let me make this clear: Is Drake the best rapper? No, we we know he's not the best rapper. But as far as the biggest star, as far as the guy, no one moves the culture like Drake right now. There was a hip hip hop rap heavyweight championship belt. Drake holds it, pure and simple, and he's held it for for, for basically over a decade. Let's just be honest about that. Um, no, no act, no hip hop act has had more hits. Nobody, it's not even close. It really is not even close. Now again, to the Drake fans, you will not be on the Mount Rushmore. Can be one of the goats in regards to like Nas, Jay Z, when Ken and Kendrick, even Kendrick, Biggie, guys like that, until he gets until he gets a, uh, until he comes out with a classic album. Certified Lover Boy could be that classic album. Who knows? But the bottom line is he is the biggest star in all of hip-hop. There was a time in the early, mid-2000s where Kanye West was the biggest star in hip-hop. Kanye West is a billionaire worth about $1.8 billion, one of the most polarizing figures in all of music and all of culture, period. But Kanye West 100% cares about being about one wants to be considered the biggest star in hip hop. I don't care how much money he has. That that pride, the pride of carrying that title means something to Kanye West. And that to me is where uh is why you, is why this is happening. Now there are obvious reasons. Both of these guys are clearly both of these guys move the needle as far as knowing how to draw attention to themselves and knowing that they will receive all the attention in terms of every move they make. Kanye can have a thousand listening parties and they all will be sold out and all will, they will all just break, basically break the internet, period. So now, I mean, it's basically, you've been a, it's basically a game of chicken. Who's going to flinch first? Who's going to come out first? Um, in regard in Russell, who's going to come out first? Now, there are thoughts that both albums could drop tomorrow. Maybe they don't drop until September. But the bottom line to me is Kanye wants what Drake has, and that is the title as the king of hip-hop. And right now, Drake is the king of hip-hop. You can, whether you love him, hate him, you cannot deny what Drake, how Drake is moving the culture. Period. That cannot be denied. Now, personally, I don't care when either of them drop. I just don't. And I say that because there's enough quality music out here. And, you know, Drake has never dropped a classic album. And it's been, how long has it been since Kanye dropped a classic album? It's been over 10 years, 11 years. That's kind of that. The album that you that you see posted 
the album that you see on the screen by the beautiful Dark Twisted Fancy, that was the last classic album that Kanye dropped. Not the last quality album, but the last classic that he dropped, which is universally regarded as his, as his best work, which would clear, which is his best work. So I'm really, as a fan of the culture, as a fan of hip-hop, I'm not pressed um, to see either one of these guys come out. I'm not, you know, on my phone, on title at 12.01 saying, oh, but is Drake, did Drake drop? Did Kanye drop? I'm good. <laughs> I'm honestly, it's, it's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff out there. Out, there's a lot of stuff out right now. A lot of quality out. But um, yeah, I, I have a feeling that both these guys will drop on the same day, and it'll be you know similar to you'll see a battle of the, of the sales, similar to what you had um, with Fifty Cent and Kanye. Though it will be the sales will be much closer. That the, the, I mean, Drake is going to win as far as record sales. So he's going. Kanye is not going to outsell Drake. Drake is just a bigger a bigger player right now in, in the world of hip hop. But, it, it, you know, people are definitely anticipating uh, the Kanye album, both of these albums. Uh, people, again, people want to people see Drake. Can Drake drop a signature album? And does Kanye still have it? As far as, is he still relevant in regards, you know, can he still spit? You know, he can produce. We know, you know, we know about his fashion. We know he can get, you know, we know he can uh, draw attention to himself. But can he still? Can he still? Does he get? Do he still has has those bars? So we'll we'll see what happens. Again, I fully expect them to drop uh, on the same day. Speaking of dropping, um, you had a situation a couple of weeks ago. Maybe uh, last week, where something important happened in regards to the future landscape uh, of the sports media, of sports media and journalism. Um, Kevin Durant and Draymond Green come out with a podcast. It's Draymond Green's podcast, which is called Chips, which really could be a double meaning. Because I thought initially you talked about Chips was you know the amount of rings that he had, and, and uh, thought it meant that. Turns out, you know, it meant, you know, having a chip on your shoulder. He claims he has a chip on his shoulder. Has, he's going to have guests who have proverbial chips on their shoulders. So they do it. So Draymond Green does an interview with Durant. Uh, they, I got to give Draymond, Draymond Green credit. It was well done. He asked legitimate questions. It was not a buddy-buddy uh, type deal where, you know, shooting the shit, you know, not really – talking about anything no it, it was a legitimate interview and listen Draymond is he get if you get some more polish Draymond has a chance to be a, a great at in in terms of sports media he definitely has a future in it he's going to be prop he's going to be looked upon as being the next Charles Barkley uh, from that standpoint and he's a natural at it let's just be honest whether you love him or hate him on the court um now there was no accountability by either one of those guys in regards to that situation. You clearly saw them shift the blame to the Warrior organization. And I'm telling you right now, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. And from a standpoint that after this interview, you had people questioning Bob Myers, you had people questioning Steve Kerr, you had people questioning Steph Curry. Unfairly, but whether you think it's fair or unfair, they were able to move 
to shift the narrative off themselves and onto other people, other parties that you know may may or may have not been involved in, in regards to that situation. And where you see me, the sports media going, the future of sports media, athletes now have platforms where they have the ability to shift narratives or add to other narratives or add to or add to narratives in their favor and that, that that's going to buy that that is going to piss off or bother uh, I'm, I'm not some some media people period the media the, the the traditional media member no longer controls the narrative no longer has complete control over the narrative uh, uh, over, this, over these sports narratives. They don't. Those days are done. Now, I, despite this, you want to, you might, you could, you know, you, you, you could have argument to say, well, this was a one-sided debate, not even debate. This was a one-sided, you know, this was one-sided. It, was, it wasn't real journalism. I would dispute that. But just because, you know, just because you may have that viewpoint, there's still a, 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 a space in the, in the sports culture for real journalism. The question is, do people actually, does the average fan that is driven by social media, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Whatever, TikTok, whatever. Do they, does the average man even care about the truth anymore? When when sensationalism and the lies and lies or speculation are frankly more entertaining. That's the question. There's still space for real journalism, but I don't know if the average fan or most fans. I don't know what the percentage is, of course, but I don't know if if people actually even care about the truth. To be perfectly honest with you. I don't know if there's going to be a deep search from the average fan for the truth. So I thought it was brilliant by uh, Draymond and, and Kevin Durant. Um, so what you want about Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant gives straight answers. You know, he's very uh, introspective. He's very, highly, you know, highly intelligent, very intel highly intelligent. And very and thoughtful in terms of what he's saying, whether you agree with it or not. He, he like he's going to tell he's going to tell you what's on his mind. This is not what he's saying to me. It's not poly. It, it's not you know. It's not a, a, a. It's authentic. It's not. It's not like a, a written speech. It's not calculated. I I, I think it's somewhat calculated, but it's it, it's like like with LeBron. I say this about LeBron. LeBron can be um, LeBron can be so calculated and so measured that you really don't know what exactly at times that he is thinking. Um, there are times where he, you know, just like, is he thinking this, or is he thinking what what he wants us to think he's thinking? If that's make, if that makes sense, I don't get that sense with Kevin Durant. 
I don't. I, I get what Kevin Durant says. I, he means. I, I, and I, you know, two different two different personalities, two different approaches. Uh, both have their own insecurities. Like LeBron, for whatever reason, is just on this, you know, wash king and posting every other, you know, every other day tour in terms of, you know, trying to drive this, you know, the GOAT narrative and, and what have you. Uh, so he's on that right now. Um, but I, I really think that Kevin Durant is, is, is you know, is authentic in, in terms of what he's saying. And believe, well, again, where you disagree with it, agree or disagree, believes what he's saying. A couple of real thoughts uh, before I let you go here. Um, so Buster Rhymes makes, makes these anti-masking mask comments at a concert. It actually was a couple of months ago. It was like a June, I think it, was, I think it might have been June 19th. I mean, it was somewhere right in the middle of June, late mid to late June. It just resurfaced a couple of, a few days ago. Um, basically trashing mask. Um, went into that whole civil liberties, government, you know, conspiracy type shit. Um, freedom, lack of freedom. Yeah, you know, the 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 anti the classic went into the classic anti-masking anti-mask argument, which, you know, makes just zero sense um, whatsoever. And here is what I say. He can have whatever opinion he wants to have. But the bottom line is he's basically telling you that he does not, he doesn't give two shits about you. Now, there have been a lot of things that have gone around about COVID, mask vaccines, you can fall wherever you want to fall. You can, wherever, whichever battle you pick to choose to fight, so be it. I recently just got my first dose of the vaccine, Moderna. Uh, held out as long as I possibly could have before it got to a point where, you, you know, you see the walls closing in with the Delta. I work in education. It was, it like, I did enough research to say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm gonna, you know, get this get this vaccine, and and hope for the best. But I understand if someone doesn't want to get the vaccine out of fear of a reaction or the mixed mixed messages or the poor messages that the government has given people um, in regards to this. A mask is not going to provide, not going to physically do any damage. It has been proven that masks don't stop COVID, but decrease the, you know, decrease, increase the percentages that you won't get it. So it's like, if, if by, or decreases the percentages that you will get it. So if, if a mask decreases the percentages by say 20 or 30%, put the fucking mask on. It doesn't compromise your breathing. Is like you can st like you can still have conversations. You can still eat. You can take the you you take the mask off and then eat. Like you can be in a restaurant. And he's talking about I, I can't eat without a man with a mask. No, Buster, take the motherfucking mask off. Eat, drink, and, and go about your business. Like I do it all the time. We do like, <laughs> like it's not. It's really not that complicated. It's really, it's, really, it's not. But 
if you subscribe to what he's saying, he he's basically saying he does not give a shit about you, about your your safety as, as a human being. That's what he's that 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 is a message that he's giving to you. If he's telling you not to wear a mask or saying fuck mask, doesn't care about you. Because masks are, are clearly a way to somewhat prevent catching this disease that has killed millions of people, uh, that, has, you know, that has affected millions of people and killed hundreds of thousands of people. And again, Buster Rhymes is not a doctor, uh, 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 infections, disease, uh, you know, an infectious disease expert. So, I would you uh, to me you take what he says says with a, with an absolute with less than a grain of salt. Buster Rhymes is a rapper. Great, what you know was once a great was uh, was a great rapper. Uh, you know, a legend without question. Loved his last album that came out last year, but he's not he he's not the guy you want to be listening to on advice about COVID. <laughs> but the but the you know the unfortunate you know the unfortunate part is is he is an influencer and he is a celebrity and there will be thousands of people out there who say yep yep I told you told you about the mask look what Buster said and you know they'll continue on and, and, and put their put their lives at put their lives you know in harm's way and put other people's lives in harm's way for that for that matter uh, in regards to that so go listen to Buster Rhymes Tom is an idiotic. Don't make any sense whatsoever. And, uh, you know, wear a mask. Uh, Shikari Richardson had a rough weekend um, on Saturday uh, at the Prefontaine Classic. Uh, she finishes in the 100 meters in last place. She withdraws, withdrew from the 200 meters, probably out of embarrassment. Um, here's the thing. I'm not going to go the uplifting the uplifting black woman route uh for this one so so brace yourself um Shikari Richardson when Shikari Richardson was um tested positive uh for a drug um with you know for a drug and was and basically couldn't participate in the Olympics I didn't care from the standpoint of her not being able to run the race run that race. I care from the standpoint of I wish, I I, I hope she attends to her mental health considering what she had went through with her family uh, with her mother and, and what have you, what she was going through. I said, so I was so forget about the Olympics. She's 21 years old. She'll have other opportunities. Get about her mental health. Um, and I support her from that standpoint. She broke the rules. She took it on the chin. She acknowledged that she made a mistake and handled it like as professional as you can possibly handle it with grace and dignity in the whole nine. But with that being said, after that, she talked a whole bunch of shit. Uh, we saw her tweet, um, and I'm paraphrasing in regards to basically saying the Olympics, you know, the, the Olympics wouldn't be the same without her in regards to the track and field. She talked a bunch of shit about, uh, you know, about the the other girls uh, from Jamaica. And if you don't talk shit, and, and I understand, I understand that you, 
as an athlete, when you get to that level, these, you know, track and field, these athletes are some of the most competent people on earth, especially track and field. It's an individual race. A lot of times uh, outside of relays, tennis, some of these individual sports, you have to have uber confidence to even have a chance. But if you're going to talk a bunch of shit, you better not, you can't finish last. Yeah, like, you just, like, you cannot finish last. And you definitely can't talk shit after you finish last. Like, say, say shit like, you're not done. You're the sixth fastest woman of all time. No one care. Like, who brags about being sixth best? We got on John Wall a few years ago about being the, claiming he was the third or fourth best point guard in the league. Like, bro, yeah, stop. Or he, I don't even think he said the league. He might even said the Eastern Conference, which is even worse. You're not bragging about being the best. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's my theory on that. You're going to brag, brag, say I'm the best. You're going to brag and say I'm the second best or third best. And, you know, she's talking at this point. She needs to go back to the drawing board, get her, get her mind and body right. And, and and go from there. I, I like I don't need to hear. It. I I really don't. We don't need to hear hear from Shakari Richardson in regards to how great she is. Um, for for a couple, of, you know, until she wins a championship or a world championship, or until she accomplishes more. She has not accomplished enough to be talking as much as she's talking. She wants to talk. She wants to talk about mental health. That's one thing. Um, believing in herself. That's another thing. But. You finish. You can't finish last, and and be that braggadocious. It just the, the game. It doesn't work that way. And not and because you're gonna get you're gonna get destroyed on every. You're gonna get destroyed on on Twitter as well, or or in general. And you know you gotta take these jokes, and you gotta take the criticism. It's a part of it. When you brag and don't produce, there's a price to be paid. And again, to me, her withdrawing from the 200 meters. Tell, Tells me that she probably shouldn't have ran the race to begin with, to be honest with you. Because she's not like that, that, you know, I didn't think she was going to win a race, but I, I thought, you know, top three, top five. She's not, that that race was not indicative of, of her skill set and of her talent. Like that, she's not the ninth, you know, she's better than a ninth, than a ninth place finish. We, we, we all know that. She has more talent than that. Rachel Nichols is out, not at ESPN, but as far as the the NBA coverage she's done, ESPN um, decided to pull her from all NBA coverage, including the show The Jump. Now, they haven't canceled the show. They, they somewhat can't. They, they're going to do it. There's going to be an NBA show on ESPN once The Jump is done. It's just not. They're just going to rebrand it and, and, and you know, have a new cat, probably have a different cast of characters. Oh, maybe they will have the same characters as far as same uh, cat, same people with Perkins and Stephen Jackson, Matt Barnes, guys, guys like that. Um, but it's, it's going to be completely, it's going to be different. She won't be hosting it. Listen, you know, she had this coming. Um, I don't root for people's downfall, downfall, downfall by interest imagination, but she, she got what she deserved. Um, she completely, you know, shitted on uh, Maria Taylor, 
And the bottom line is the current Af- the current NBA players did not ride for, especially the especially the black players. They I didn't get anybody. I didn't get any current player of note come out and publicly support uh, Rachel Nichols. Rachel Nichols after she made her comments uh, after that story broke earlier this summer with, um, with Maria Taylor in regards to Maria Taylor. Uh, you heard Stephen Jackson's and you know Matt Barnes and Kendra Perkins. Those guys are not their voices as far as you know moving the needle in terms of current NBA players are they, they don't have big enough they like ESPN is not gonna make decisions based on those guys' voices. It's the LeBrons, Kevin Durant, you know, the big stars, you know, those the major stars in the NBA, Steph Curry's that moved the needle. If those guys come out, you know, you have LeBron, you have Steph Curry, you have even the guy like Jimmy Butler, whoever, you know, you have the main stars come out, top guys come out and support Rachel Nichols. She still has, she still will be doing coverage on the NBA with ESPN. When that didn't happen, it was bye bye Rachel Nichols. Let's not even we don't even want this a sniff of this moving into the next season. Um, so she paid the price. Can't say that she didn't deserve it. Cause she so you know things happen. Uh, she'll be fine. Yeah, she'll 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 land on. You know she's still. I mean she still has a job at ESPN. I I think eventually she's going to probably move on from ESPN in general. Uh, that that'll be the next part is piece of this. Um, that'll be the final nail nail in the proverbial coffin. But uh, she just she did this completely did this to herself. No one else to blame, but Rachel Nichols. It's just that simple. And now if you're ESPN, you NBA wise, you you're out Maria Taylor, and you're and you don't have Rachel Nichols. So ESPN kind of deserves this as well. In terms of this public embarrassment and, and losing uh, two quality uh, personalities, regardless of what in, in, in talented personalities, and Rachel Nichols is, is talented. I don't; she's not great, but she you know she's pretty good. Maria Taylor, I thought was exceptional. So, ESPN at the end of the day, ESPN gets burnt. Um, you know, is is a complete loser from that standpoint. Uh, so. Again, I have no problem with this decision. Uh, not surprised in the least bit by it. And again, there was no player support from her of current players. And that, to me, ultimately did her in. Um, let me wrap up with this, this, you know, milk crate, just insanity. Um, we we got to do better as a society as a culture, no, I shouldn't say culture, as a, as a society in general, we, like, we are, and again, we see something on, on Twitter, or we see something on Instagram that makes completely zero sense, and immediately it becomes just some, uh, a trend that just, you know, that, that we have to follow for whatever reason. Someone is going to, is going to seriously get hurt trying to do this milk crate uh, milk crate challenge. It makes, again, it's, I, I would encourage anybody, any, especially if they have any teenage listeners, don't, don't do this. Don't, don't even try to do this. It's, you have, it's, it's, it's not worth breaking a leg. It's not worth a concussion. It's not, it really, it's, again, this is, this is the, you know, 
this is the new drug. Addiction is the, excuse me, addiction. Uh, attention is the new drug. Clearly, uh, uh, attention grab, but this is this is to me the type of attention that you frankly just don't want. You know what? You don't need, you don't want nor need this type of attention in your life. Again, we gotta stop being followers as a, a society, as an American society. You really gotta stop it. Stop just following, especially dumb shit like this. And the sad part about it is, it's not. This is not just teenagers. This is these are grown ass people doing this. People in there. 20, late 20s to early 30s, uh, you know, as it looks to me. Uh, so dude, I can't just sit there and blame this on teenagers. It, that's it's not just teenagers. Let me be fair about that. This, these are grown adults doing this dumb shit. Um, so, you know, be safe out there. Life is already hard enough. can be complicated enough physically and mentally. Don't complicate your own life. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I will see you next time. Uh, enjoy your weekend. I'm out.